Welcome back, amazing entrepreneurs, to another episode of Business Straight Up, the podcast for anyone that wants to make a living doing what they love, creatives, especially photographers, estheticians, makeup artists, all of the people. I know that it can be really hard to go into business because you love what you do. And then you're like, what the heck, all of these business things that I have to learn. That is what this podcast is all about. So welcome. I'm so honored that you press play. And I'm so happy to be in your earbuds or car stereo or wherever you might be today. Today's episode is crazy awesome. We are going to talk all about outsourcing, hiring a team, the things that you may or may not know, like, did you know you can do it for just one to two hours a week? That is crazy, right? Today's guest is Liz Goddard, and she runs the business named Bosun, and she helps businesses scale sustainably. So basically what that means is she helps your business grow without you having to work yourself into the ground. I know that it can seem overwhelming to get help, and you may or may not think that no one can do it as good as you can, but I want to encourage you to think of the things that you really don't want to do or the things that maybe you're not so good at. Can you hire those out? Oh my gosh, it is so freeing to have someone behind you, to have someone that can help you, especially when things happen that may or may not affect your business. So today we are going to talk all about outsourcing, getting the help you need when it comes to running your business. And without further ado, let's dive right in. Hey, hey there, awesome people. I am Brooke Summer, and you are listening to Business Straight Up, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs to learn, connect, grow, and build the business and life that they dream of. Welcome. Let's get going and dive right in. Hello, hello, amazing business owners. Welcome back to another episode of Business Straight Up. I have an awesome guest for you today. Liz Goddard is an accidental entrepreneur who works with small business owners to scale quickly and safely so that they can set their business up for success and sustainability, even in times of crisis or in recession. Now, before you switch this episode off and you're thinking that it doesn't apply to you because you're more service-based, can I just tell you how much working with my team has been absolutely life-changing for me and my business? And I don't use those words lightly. Being able to work with a team who can help me with the day-to-day tasks is so crazy valuable, even when it seems overwhelming or like something you just can't afford quite yet. So we'll get into more of that. But first, welcome, Liz. Thank you. It's so excited to be here. When you say service-based clients or the service-based business, that's all we do. We almost only do service-based. So I'm excited about debunking that myth. I am so excited. I feel like we talked a little bit before we hit record that so many people are reluctant to do this. And I cannot even say how freeing it is. But first, Liz, can you tell me a little about your journey? You said that you're an accidental entrepreneur. What does that mean? What happened? Okay. I say I'm an accidental entrepreneur because I really want people to realize that an entrepreneur does not fit one particular mold, which I think is another myth. So what happened was I grew up under a serial entrepreneur. My father, he owned, I mean, so many different businesses throughout my life. When I was 19 and in college, he had a business that was very successful in Nashville, Tennessee, which is where I grew up. 
And he passed away suddenly. And my brother and I were kind of forced into entrepreneurship at a young age. We inherited this company, sat on the board, grew fairly quickly for the size of that company. And then a recession hit, 2008 hit. So here I found myself two years after owning this business, we'd opened up two new stores. We'd increased the wholesale division of his brand and we were just hemorrhaging money. Couldn't stop. We had to dissolve the business during the recession, which was just so sad to me. I'll never own another business. I hate own like anytime someone would say I want to own a business, I'd be like almost had PTSD. I don't say that lightly, but I was like, don't do it. It's horrible. I was just a timid person. I am more fearful. I am not a risk taker by nature. I went and grew my career in HR, human resources, and got that itch, entrepreneurial itch, which is, I guess, in me and in my family. I started this business with a good friend of mine. I told her, I was like, if we're going to do a business, here are kind of what I have to have to feel safe. Mm -hmm. One is it can't be built on our time alone. I can't exchange my time for dollars because that cap of salary, I can't have a brick and mortar. We have to have flexible, like fixed expense. We can't have fixed expenses, like staffing, rent, all that kind of stuff, because those are all things that came out from my prior business ownership. And so we said, well, wait, if you need that, more other business owners need that. We created Bosin, which is essentially a, one of your most expensive line items on your PL is going to be your staff. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could hire a department for every need or a person for every need, but only pay for the hours work? So when you had a business, your staffing went up. If you had no business, your staffing went down and you didn't have to make cuts. That's a very long winded answer to your question. And I apologize. <laughs> no, that's okay. What was your first aha moment in your business and how did it really change things for you and your business? The first business? Mm-hmm. My aha moment is what I think a lot of people come down is kind of like, who is our client? Your first six months to a year, you're just saying yes to everything because you mm-hmm. need money. Yes. You need brand. About a year and a half in, we realized this is our perfect client. This is how we're going to service them. These are the way we're going to charge them. That to me is kind of a pivotal moment within Bosun when we realize this is how we're going to grow it faster. That's so funny you say that because it is so important to know your ideal client for every single decision in your business that I actually made that episode one of my podcast because I knew I would be referencing it over and over and over again (laughs) because it's that important. It is important. And I think sometimes you think you know what your ideal client is and that's going to shift and you have to be willing to allow that to shift. You know, don't be prideful to say, well, no, this is what I wanted. And it's like, well, that's not what the market is. Pivot. Right. And you may find that other people are more attracted to you than who you originally thought. So you may find that you're attracting a totally different group and a totally different area of people and being able to pivot that and be okay with that instead of, like you said, hanging on to it for dear life is so important in growing your business. Absolutely. So first, let's start with the basics. What are fractional team members and how do they really fit into businesses? You know, it's funny. I kind of stay away from the word fractional because people, for some reason, have a hard time digesting. I actually really enjoy it because it makes sense to me, but I come from a human resources background. So like fractional employment is like, well, that makes sense. I'll kind of break that down further. Fractional employee is somebody who's not a full head. So doesn't work 40 hours a week, can maybe work 10 hours a week or five hours a week. And so to kind of fully answer your question is the way it works is, let's say you have a particular business need. I need someone to help onboard my clients. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not a 40 hour a week role. In fact, I can't even predict how many hours it's going to be because some months I have more clients than others. So the idea that you would get like an operations coordinator and they're going to own the process of as soon as you sign a client, 
They're going to send the agreement through an electronic signature form. They're going to make sure it's signed. They're going to make sure payments updated. They're going to enter it into all your software platforms to where now you're ready to service that client. And as an owner, that's compelling because what we like to do is create the sale and service. We don't like the details in between. Yes. Oh my gosh. Just hearing you say that, I'm like, yes, please do that for me. (laughs) I'm a business owner. I hate that. And honestly, I would do less business if I had to do all those little steps because I just, it bores me. I don't like it. And so I find people who it doesn't bore and they love it. And they're on top of it way more than I would have been. You know, we fit in these little team members that kind of help create your full process and make your business run smooth. And it's a fraction of the cost of a regular employee. The other fraction, right? And isn't it funny that we think that other people are like us, right? That, oh, they don't like it either. They hate that stuff. And there are so many people that love different things that you may not necessarily love. And that's the beauty of putting everything together. Like you said, in a fraction, like you might be this fraction and someone else is this fraction and together it makes a whole and a beautiful process. Couldn't have said it better myself. I love that. So I know that a common misconception that I've heard is that people don't want to hire someone on a limited basis because they have an assumption that it's somehow negative for someone to be hired this way, that it means that they're treated poorly or they're not taken care of or that they're not making a living, especially service-based people uh, tend to think that because if we're not working the hours, we don't get paid, right? But the reality is that this type of work fits perfectly for some people. Why would someone want to be a team member for a business at only a few hours a week? I'm so glad you asked that question. And I can tell you, I've done a lot of podcasts. No one's ever asked me that. So this is oh, really, <laughs> yeah, because it's true. I mean, I don't think a lot of people want to say it because it feels like, oh, I don't want to be controversial. But here's the thing. We pull from a completely different employee base yes. than somebody who's looking for FTEs or full-time employees. <laughs> we are pulling from people who want to work two to five hours a day. And I don't want to stereotype it, but a lot of times that's going to be mothers who are highly educated very experienced and maybe they left work for a few years to have kids and now they just want to work from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. or yes. whatever that's going to be that fills their niche perfectly and that actually that served that group of people are so under service because there's not a lot of flexibility in the workforce and yes. so now we're actually able to leverage these phenomenal employees because we're giving them flexibility and balance in their life And our clients that are coming to us would never have access to this pool of people because that's not what they're pulling from. It's actually for those who make sense for, it's a beautiful fit. And actually it it helps them in ways that no one else could. And then you also just have your millennials who are like, hey, I'm just going to take a bunch of side jobs and I want to travel the world. Mm -hmm. Cool. It fits their lifestyle as well. We're just pulling from different candidates than a traditional employer would be. And it's so important to remember that different people want different things. Like you may even have a full-time dad who needs to work an extra four hours on the weekend to bring in. There are so many different options. I know my mother-in-law is retired and she's talked about wanting to do a few things just because she doesn't know what to do with herself. Like it's hard to go from working full-time to doing nothing. So having that flexibility and working with someone who's crazy qualified is so wonderful. Absolutely. Many of my students tend to fall into one of two camps. So camp one is if I'm going to hire someone, it has to be someone locally that's physically with me. And camp two is I can't afford to hire someone yet. (laughs) So let's start with camp one. If a business owner, especially service-based like photographers, estheticians, wedding professionals, and more need help, what does remote staffing look like for them? And how do they navigate through that process? 
Yeah. Honestly, I think COVID's really helped us out with that because we've realized we've been made to be uncomfortable and come up with creative solutions. So now more people are open to remote than ever, but specifically like the estheticians, oh, sorry, who else did you mention? I'm uh, photographers, wedding planners. We actually have all of those clients. So I can speak to that. <laughs> people use us for like, let's say you just need phone answering. So reception services, maybe to do kind of comb out the good leads from the bad leads, set up appointments, call the like, photographers, make sure the families are ready for their session. What are you going to wear? Make sure you take nail polish off or put new little tips like that, which yes. helps them. It's calling and making sure everyone's available. Um, estheticians, making sure people show up on your appointment on time, your calendars run well, you're billing correctly, you're submitting it to the insurance if that's applicable. So there's a lot of roles other than, unless you're touching a human for your service, mm-hmm. the practitioner can do that, but your team doesn't have to. Everything else can yes. be remote streamlined. And it frees up your time, hypothetically. If you're billing at $300 an hour as a photographer and you're spending two hours a day doing these tasks that someone else can do, you mm-hmm. are spending money to do something that someone else could do better than you. Absolutely. With those two hours, take another photo shoot and allow Absolutely. someone else to call the clients for the next day. Make sure that the payment went through from your previous clients. Yes, that is a service-based. Like I said, I would say 95% of our clients are service-based industries. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so freeing. I had someone until COVID hit and we took so many hits, but I had someone that did all of my booking and she did all of the confirmations and she was amazing. And that has changed a lot for me now, but I cannot even tell you how freeing that was to have someone else handle that. That way I can just work with my clients and do what I love. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So for camp two, the business owners that think they can't afford to hire someone What does it look like for them? Why is remote staffing a little bit easier than having someone in person? It's going to depend on the vendor you're using or the person you're working with because everyone has their own needs, kind of like we discussed earlier. But ultimately, you should find somebody who is flexible and says like, I don't need to have a set amount of hours. I don't need to have 15 hours or nothing or 10 hours or nothing. Find somebody who can flex up and flex down with you. And kind of the beauty of what we're doing is we're partnering. We do that for our clients, right? Mm -hmm. Is it a good match from like a skill set, a time set, money and all that good stuff. So you really need to find somebody who is willing to accept pay and it fits their lifestyle that when you need work Mm -hmm. to do it and kind of be flexible with that. You have people who work an hour a day and that's it. And so you can hire a project manager that might be $100,000 on the market well, if you had an hour a day with them, think about how much further your business would be because they're a competent employee and it only costs you what, 15, 20 grand a year. That's what you need. And you're getting a lot of efficiency out of that team member. Absolutely. Systems and processes, kind of going into the project management stuff, are things that I teach for my students. And I can tell them constantly that these things will help save them time and heartache in their own work. But why should they start setting them up now? before they bring someone in to help. It's kind of to your point. Boson is founded on, we think you need the right team members, the right technology and the process to combine everything. Mm -hmm. Because when you have those two things, you move very quickly and your actual errors are much lower. Really important to kind of figure out how to do the process without team members or with the right team members in place. Because that way, just once you've established a process, you don't have to be part of it. You're out and you're moving on to the next piece of your business growing your business. And then you're just checking in to make sure, Hey, is that process going well? How much time is it taking you? Do we need to bring in technology to help expedite that process? It's so essential just from an error standpoint, as well as just like, you're not going to spend as much time on labor if you do that. Yes. 
Well, and I tell my students all the time, sometimes having that process in place can just mean like your partner or your husband can help for one day. Because if you get that process in place so that someone else can take it over, even if it's just for a day, then in six months when you're ready, you can bring on someone to help more long-term and it's so freeing. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people like to build a business to sell it or mm-hmm. to pass it on to the next generation. The reality is if you want to sell your business and you don't have processes and it can't run without you, your business is not worth as much. How do you take time off? Exactly. You can't yeah. sell it. It The business owns you. And I'm just a nerd and I love process. Like yeah. I ask yeah. my team members to like, Hey, clock how much time it's taking you to do this. Mm-hmm. And I make sure I say, this has nothing to do with me evaluating you. I'm evaluating the process. You wouldn't be touching this if I didn't trust you. Yeah. If it takes you eight hours, that's something for me to say, Ooh, I want to get that down to four. How am I going to do that? I'm finding technology and process improvements to get it down to two to four hours. And now everybody's happier. Yes, absolutely. These processes are crazy important. It's so funny that so many people are so resistant to them. I find especially artists because I was pretty resistant to it as well. Like we just want to do our arts and we just want to, you know, do our thing. But the reality is that when you run a business, it's about more than just the art. It's about all the behind the scenes things as well. Yeah. For a business owner that's service-based, what is one thing that they can do now to start looking at building a team maybe in the future and getting some help so they can really focus on what they love and let someone else handle some of the busy work? I think the first thing that you can do if you're like starting from ground zero Mm -hmm. is just start taking notes of things you routinely do. A lot of times we can't even think, I don't know how I spent my time. What? Write down what's taking you know time. Like, oh, I'm checking emails X amount of hours a day. Or, hey, this is how I send it. I'm sending this to clients. So if you can just write down things you find that you are routinely doing, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you have like kind of a messy job description list, right? And then yeah. you can kind of go, okay, well, what can I only do of this list? Okay, all right, I can't outsource that. So all of a sudden, without really putting a ton of effort in, have your outsourcing list. And then you go and find the right vendor for that list. Yes. And can I just say that as someone who did this early in my business, it is extremely eye-opening to see how much time you spend on things that you know you shouldn't be doing. Things like social media. And you're like, no, I was marketing on Facebook. I was doing that for business. Were you really? (laughs) Totally. It's very eye-opening. I see so many people struggling in my industry and they don't want to put the time or effort into hiring someone. And this episode is so timely, especially right now. What are three tips that you could give to a business owner in considering someone to work with? One is there's an element where chemistry has a huge part of whether that's going to be successful. Kind of knowing yourself, tip one would be knowing yourself and knowing what personality kind of helps round you. You and I talked a little bit about that. My business partner and I are kind of similar. And as much as we're high energy, we don't do well with details. Our team, they're very quiet. They're incredibly type A. When we're having moments on the call, we're like, you get a car and you get it. We're just so excited. They're just sitting there like, thank you. I appreciate that. And part of you is like dying internally. Dying. (laughs) Dying. That's why our company is good is because they are so fantastic at what they do. Yes. And they're so different from me. And we do have a lot of fun on our calls. And that's not to say that really knowing your personality went around you. So that would be tip number one. And the second is to kind of know what your business needs and where you want it to go. And if you spent more time on one thing, what would really grow your business? And sometimes I hate to say it, it may not be the thing you love doing. 
the thing you need to be doing, you may love the detail and sending out your invoices. That's not going to grow your business. Yeah. Differentiate what you love versus what would grow your business. Having an honest conversation with yourself. And then the third is be a good interviewer. If you're not going to use a company like ours, like so many times people fall victim to when they're interviewing, they lead the candidate, right? To say what they want, what you want them to say and end up constantly with the wrong person. They don't know why. And then they don't believe in outsourcing because they can't hire the right person. But as an owner of a business, the buck stops with you. Like if you don't have the right team, it's because you're not hiring the right team. You're not getting the right people in place. And so that would be my third is just like realizing chemistry is a huge part of it knowing what you really need to be spending your time on and then making sure you're picking the right people or you're using somebody who knows how to do that. Yeah. Someone told me, I think it was Lee Cockrell. He did the whole like Disney customer service thing. Like he did the whole system. And I think it was him that said, hire fast, meaning be decisive, get it done, hire fast and fire fast. If someone's not working well, why are you going to drag it out for a year and waste time and money and make everyone a little more sad? (laughs) Absolutely. And I will tell you, there's oftentimes in our business when our relationship managers are seeing and telling us this isn't working out. I don't think it's going to work out. The client doesn't want to do anything about it. Just tell the client, pull it. We just know if it's not going to work a chemistry issue, people feel bad about that. But that's why that was my number one of my advice is like, Chemistry is huge in a team. And that is something we understand and we source for chemistry as well. And if it's not there, we pull it quick because we're like, just yes. stop. You get frustrated. Yeah. And it's knowing when to pull the trigger. Well, and part of knowing yourself too is understanding that you don't have to hire someone that's just like you. Because a lot of times we'll surround ourselves with people that are like us because that's who we get along with. And that's great for friends. But when it comes to your business, not so great. Yeah. You're not hiring someone so you can go out and have dinner and talk. I mean, you're hiring somebody to help round out and grow your business. And it is so tempting to just want to be like, and that's so human of us, but you do really do have to look at your business through a different lens. Absolutely. And I think that we kind of have this idea. Sorry, I'm taking notes. So if you see me looking down, (laughs) I'm not used to video very much yet, but I think that so many times we learn our strengths and our weaknesses and our culture has this idea of fix your weaknesses instead of play to your strengths. And I find that when I hire people that will work, like pull my weaknesses up because they're very good at that part, it works out so much better. It does. My business partner is better than I am. I want to always improve and it is tempting to want to do that. But the truth is, it's like, I'm never going to be a details person Mm -hmm. or book follow-up. So just like cut your losses and just bring somebody on that can do that. Yes. Because why are we going to spend all this time trying to fix our weaknesses? I mean, there's someone else that does it beautifully. (laughs) Work with them. I love that. One thing that you said on number two, you said, number one, know thyself. I just put that in there and know your business. And number two, under know your business, I would also venture to add, know your dollars, know your revenue. Where is the revenue coming from? Because if you don't know that, why are you constantly be working on something else over here that doesn't pay you? That's so true. Yeah. I talked to someone recently who said, Hey, what do you think if we do offer this to our client? I was like, I actually think it's a really good idea. I think it's precious, but how much time is that going to take you? How much money is that going to cost you? And I know that's a fun thing. And ultimately we talked through it and and I was like, actually it plays in your brand. I actually kind of like that. So I think you should go for it. But (laughs) you have to go through those questions of like, I love it, but does it make sense? Yeah. How much is it going to take you eight hours and cost you $300 to produce that? And looking at where your revenue, 
Did you just eat a bunch of your revenue out because that felt fun and creative? Yes. You know, you still have to, like you said, know your dollars, know your business. Yeah. One of my mentors said, if you get bored in your business to the point where you want to work on these things, don't necessarily make you dollars. He said, you need a hobby. Stop tinkering with your business. Go get a hobby. That's a good idea. I love that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I feel personally attacked with that one. Yes, I know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here, Liz. I so appreciate you. Where can listeners find out more about what you do and connect with you? You can just go to our website. It's bosun, B-O-S-U-N solutions.com. And you can reach out there. We have chat features. You can send us an email and quick response. So we'd love to hear from you all. And you guys, just a quick side note, start small, just start with one process. I think that so many people have this idea that hiring is this huge process. And you can start with just one thing that someone can help you with and then look at hiring a team member, even if it's just for an hour a week. Think of what you could do with that one hour that will actually bring you more revenue or creativity or something, whatever you need in your business. This is something I know from personal experience, when you let an expert take over something that you struggle with, or maybe you just don't want to do it because it hates you and feels like it's sucking your soul dry. They can often do it faster and better than you can. And I know we don't want to hear that. I know Liz and I were talking about this beforehand. Like we don't want to hear that someone can do it better than we can. Yeah. You want to hear, but at the same time, I said, I also kind of want to hear that someone can do it better than me because I don't yes. want to do it. Like part of you. Else. Yes. Well, and there are things like, for instance, my financials in my business, I look at them and I'm actually very good at math. So I could do it, but I feel like I would rather stick needles under my fingernails because I yeah. hate it so much. So I have a bookkeeper who is brilliant. She's a wizard and I love her. <laughs> I'm the same way. I used to work right under a CFO. I balanced their books for, you know, FinTech company. I know QuickBooks. It was one of the first things we handed off was because it just wasn't where I needed to spend my time. Yes. If it's something you hate and you don't love to do, let's say you have a specific task that takes you three hours. Chances are it's going to take someone else one hour. Absolutely. So I know. much faster. So often people come to us and say, I think that's going to be 15 hours a week. And I listen, I go, okay, well, source for 15. I think it'll be seven, seven yes. to 10. What I see everyone overestimates the time they think they need when really, if you get one person who does it really well, and that's all their job is, yes. you're going to save so much money. Oh my gosh. It's so, so freeing. And it's so eye opening too. And you realize hmm, maybe I don't have to do everything. Right. <laughs> All of the listeners and awesome business owners that have joined us, thank you so much for listening today. I am truly honored that you pressed play, spent this time with Liz and I. If you are someone that wants to help other people and you know someone who can use this information, maybe you know a business owner that's drowning right now and they need help and they need exactly what Liz can offer them, please forward this episode over to them. If you are thinking, holy cow, Brooke, this episode was amazing. How can I thank you? I have a way you can thank me. Can you head over to iTunes and leave a review I know it seems small. It takes a few minutes, but those reviews help me know exactly how to serve you. And it helps us to get amazing guests like Liz. So hit pause now, leave a review. And if you screenshot your review before hitting submit and email it to hello at businessstraightup.com, I will send you a free gift. Please, please, please leave those reviews so that we can continue kicking ass with great content every week. Thank you so much for your time, Liz. I'm so appreciative. I so appreciate having you here today. I'm like fumbling my words. I'm glad no, we could connect. <laughs> it was a pleasure getting to speak with you. So thanks for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun chatting. 
I am so glad we could connect. And thank you to all of my listeners. I want to know what is something that you would love to outsource and have someone else handle for you? Let me know in the community that you can access at businessstraightup.com slash community. It is time to start stepping into the CEO role of your business to address challenges and embrace those amazing people that can help you. I can't wait to see what you do with your business. You have the power to impact the world and I can't wait to see what you do with it. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to Business Straight Up. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Check out the show notes for this and all of the episodes at businessstraightuppodcast.com. And I can't wait to talk with you again. Have a great day.